Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I am back today with another episode, and I'm so excited about today's episode. It is all about owning your truth, stepping into alignment with your authenticity, how to listen to your intuition more, and all of those very important things in order to live a life that brings you so much inner peace and joy rather than living your life out of fear and survival mode, okay? So this is an episode that I recorded with Courtney, so I'm really excited to jump into it. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. Just having an attack of an attack of allergies, but oh, I know that's fine. Still with the allergies. I hope that you feel better soon. Allergies yeah. are the worst. I wonder what's making it so bad this year. You know, they say that like I think it. A lot of people used to tell me it was like your fourth year living in Austin. Your allergies would get really bad, which is weird because I've lived here like six or seven years and now I feel like I'm finally getting murdered by allergies but mm. it's okay. fine we'll sort it out I have to find the right combination of medicine <laughs> well I'm really excited to talk all about authenticity today how to listen to your intuition more because I feel like society and everyone around us is always telling us who we should be, but it's not about who they want us to be. It's about who right. we want to be. Yeah, it's about ditching the perceptions that other people push on us that create like a false narrative of who we are. And then we internalize that. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's start this off by kind of just talking about what we mean when we say like owning your truth, stepping into your authenticity, what authenticity is, how do you Mm. view it? So it like became a buzzword a few years ago. So it's, that's why I thought too, it would be important for us to kind of define it because a lot of people are like, oh, you should be your authentic self. And everyone's like, I'm authentic. And you're like, well, what is that? You're just kind of like being a chameleon. You're just like using the word because everyone else is using it. And then you're just continuing to adapt to like, whatever's popular or whatever you think people need you to be in that moment. And that's not what authenticity is. Mm. So to me, it's, it's like that ability to feel complete inner peace and like full vulnerability, your guard is down, completely comfortable with the people that you're around and a hundred percent being like who you are. Like you're not, worried about what you said you're not worried about what they're thinking about you you're not worried about how you look how you appear you're not uncomfortable like I would explain it I think my best uh sort of I guess this would be like an analogy but maybe also an experience is like with you for instance I can be really authentic with myself uh when I'm around you because I can just like wear whatever I want say how I'm feeling and then like you know if we're hanging out and I'm tired I'll just like fall asleep there's no 
concern about like this is an unsafe place like emotionally physically that kind of thing so I guess to me authenticity also is the idea of radical self-acceptance mixed in with the concept of like are you around the right people you can be authentic with them so like can you show them your truest self and they're loving and supportive of that so I think that all that encompasses like authenticity if that makes any sense (laughs) no that does that makes a lot of sense and I agree a lot and I it's funny because I also feel like because I think back when I started my whole entire like blogging journey in general and Mm -hmm. how I thought that I was like living authentically at one point but then I realized as I did more like inner work and self-discovery that I wasn't entirely being my complete authentic self. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like people may think that they're being authentic, but they're still getting to know themselves. Right. They're still on that self-discovery journey. Yeah. 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 It's like a self-discovery journey to figuring out what you really want. And it's also, I think too, a lot of it has to do with not living your life in fear. Mm. Because a lot of the times that's kind of what I first struggled with in the beginning of my creative journey, I guess, is that I was still kind of living my life out of fear. And even today, I still, I mean, because I'm not perfect, I'm a freaking human. I still struggle with fears. Yeah, exactly. I still struggle with fears. And I do think there's this like narrative out there that eventually you're going to get to this point in your life where you're so fearless that nothing scares you and you can just live in peace and there's no work you'll have to do. Like the healing journey is over. It's ended, but that's not the case. Like Mm -hmm. it's never going to end, which is why I feel like we can't be stuck in there's like a fine line between being stuck in the healing and actually like living your life while healing takes place in the background and like you're not like fixated on like fixing yourself like how to be how to exist in both realms like giving yourself the grace to like be present and enjoy like your current life Mm -hmm. while also working on like all of your trauma yeah that makes sense So because so I was pondering this thought last night, actually, when I (laughs) I don't remember I read a quote because I'm literally like seeing quotes all the time. I love reading quotes, all of that. And it was just basically talking about survival mode and how the meaning behind survival mode or like why we're in survival mode is because we're operating out of fear. And that Mm. keeps us trapped on survival mode because then you're making your choices and your decisions based off of fear. It's a trauma. I feel like it's a a very common, like I I also love quotes and I follow like a lot of like psychology things online. And it's a very common trauma response that people build into how they function on a regular basis from an unstable like home environment, whether that's like financially or a lot of it is emotionally unstable parents who like don't self-regulate well and you never know like if they're gonna fly off the handle like anger or sadness or um, a lot of like a meshment style parenting which is like when they literally overshare everything about their lives and you're like their friend and not their child all of those things like lead to that mm-hmm. you have to like take on this hyper independence which we talked about and then survival mode and then like you operate from this place of like constant fear Mm -hmm. also like physical abuse if you're physically abused 
you operate from this place of everyone's bad, bad things are going to happen. You're chronically overthinking, chronically worried. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, you're like a permanent wounded animal, yeah. unfortunately. And you have to look at yourself and be like, is everyone actually bad and, and out to get and right? Or am I operating from like this place of complete and utter like irrationality? And how do I, how do I work on that? Yeah, exactly. And when I think back to like our own childhood, I feel like there was plenty of times where we got this modeled to us. Like, I mean, once my parents got divorced, I was about, I think... I was like 10 or so and I saw my mom just do everything on her own minus the fact that she also was constantly trying to find a guy to help her through it but she did do a lot on her own and there was a time where like we were living on our own with just my mom and that kind of like molded me into thinking that like okay I'm gonna have to work really really hard in order to be financially disciplined I'm gonna have to get like three jobs like my mom all of these things like I had a very lack mindset when it came to money when it came to mm. working and things like that. And I've worked ever since the age that I was allowed to work. And right. yeah, we both started working really young. Oh, yeah. Like, we were working before you could legally get a job. We were both like babysitting other people's kids at like a very young age to like make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, took on a lot of responsibility at a young age. And then, so then I, I was thinking about all of the decisions and choices that I've made that were not aligned with me authentically. Like, For example, going to college. Did I want to go to college? Absolutely not. But why did I go? Because I was fearful that if I did not get a college degree, I would not be able to support myself financially. So that right there is survival mode. I made that decision Mm. out of fear and not out of authenticity. See, it's interesting that you're saying this because I just like started writing my brother-in-law got me like this really beautiful journal for Christmas and I just started writing in it because this is like as you would say, like we talked about in our last podcast episode, like my spiritual year. So I just started writing in it and I had like a, I guess it would be like getting like really vulnerable with myself, which feels, again, I think is part of that authenticity, owning your truth journey. And I was really excited to record this episode because I wrote in here and it's just like that idea of that you're talking about. I actually have like a different experience. Like all of my authenticity got distorted by internalizing the opinions and perceptions of the adult quote-unquote adults or like older people in my life who are influential and my inner self-talk and like my perception of myself became what they were saying to me and it was all very like demeaning and demoralizing and negative and critical and so I literally became my own worst enemy like self-loathing to a point of almost We'll have to put a warning on this, but like I, I've like tried to kill myself as like a as like a preteen because like the inner self-loathing and hatred was so bad. And then the abuse at a certain point in my life was so bad. I was just like, why am I here? Like this mm-hmm. is absolutely miserable. And so this journey so far is like really new, but like I started this journal with an open apology to myself. Oh, I love that. Um about all the things that like if I was my own friend like I was thinking you know if I was Lauren like how would I treat me and there were like a lot of things that I do on a regular basis that I actually really enjoy about myself but I don't ever 
acknowledge those. Those things just go. And I'm like, if I'm going to be authentic and go on like a spiritual journey, then like I need to redefine my narrative, my value. Who am I? Like where where does all that come from? And where does all the negative self-hatred come from? And so I think that's too, like that's very important if you come from an abusive, emotional, physical, both, or even other forms of abuse. If, If you come from that type of household and then you hear all these like negative things about yourself growing up and you struggle with overthinking and and negative self-talk inside like your your head like this is really important to reclaim like your own truth you have to figure out like what is your value and where do you derive it from absolutely I agree with that 100% and I think that exercise is so awesome and anyone who's listening who struggles with like negative self-talk and all of the things that Courtney just mentioned, writing an open, honest letter to yourself, I think would be a great starting point. It was honestly really therapeutic. And then like, I just had this moment, not where I was necessarily like sad or, or happy, but I just like cried. And it was just like this very nice release of like letting go of all the things that I had taken as truth about mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. that aren't true that I I don't even believe but I've been like subconsciously forcing on myself and I think I think that that's a really powerful exercise so like my my recommendation to anyone who's struggling with that is yeah definitely start with journaling and, and it takes time commitment and it takes like you know you have to be in the mood which is totally fine you're not going to want to journal every single day but just start with yeah like an open apology to yourself about all the things that you actually really do like love and appreciate about yourself. I think the other thing, I know, look through what I wrote without like saying exactly what I wrote. The other thing I realized, which I thought was really powerful when I was writing this was that, you know, a lot of the time the people people whose perceptions I took on were uh, hurting and their own lives were kind of a mess and they were also victims of different forms of abuse and so I I took I placed such importance on what these people were saying whether it was conscious or subconscious but they were also like wounded animals Mm, and they were just yeah they were just like projecting and reaching out from that kind of that place but it, it you know, can you really take their perceptions as truth? And, and should you? No, no, you shouldn't. I mean, you, you don't have to take someone who's healthy and whole's perception either. That's, that's no, yeah, external. So and just a few things that like I thought were pretty interesting. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that whole idea of people <laughs> trying to tell us who we are. And we live our entire <laughs> lives thinking that like, we are this version of self that everybody painted us out to be. And that's just not true. We just believe that because we think our thoughts are truth. But in fact, our thoughts, they're just all different thoughts of everybody else around us in the world around us. And our ego, like that loves yeah. to play a trick on us. There's um, there's a really, I haven't listened to it in years, but there's this really popular Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink, who does a podcast and he does like jujitsu and stuff. And he talks about it as like a dichotomy. And he's, he's talking about it a little differently, but I, I would explain it here is like the dichotomy is that like you represent who you are on the outside based off of what you think people want to see and hear. And on the inside, you're personally struggling. So like the dichotomy is that you're not expressing how you actually want to be and what makes you happy on the inside. You're just doing what you think is, what's the right word, like obligatory to make others happy around you. And like you become so- Yeah, 
exactly and you become so dissatisfied and you're not and being authentic to like, your soul yeah we place so much value on the external things that's another problem i think that keeps us away from authenticity is that we put so much emphasis on money we put so much emphasis on how we look we put so much emphasis on how people are going to perceive us and we put so much emphasis on finding validation through other people instead of just giving ourselves that validation that we seek from others for, because that's mm-hmm. a lack of trust in ourselves, right? If we're going to people for validation, you don't we're trust not yourself. trusting our own opinion about ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're not trusting our or own. Or you don't truth. even know, you don't even know how to like have, have your own that. opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You like don't even so know how to like dis- say that like I am worthy. You feel that you're only worthy if somebody tells you that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're worthy. And now you just have to believe and trust in that. Oh, yeah, that's you remind me of something. Yeah, I think I wrote down like I wrote down something in this journal too that was like basically like I was worthy of oh, what did I write? I wrote something about like being being human means that you're worthy of like happiness or something like that. I, I don't That's remember true. exactly. I'll figure it out, but something along those lines. And I think the deep disconnect of intuition is like what causes a miss, a miss in your self trust. And then it causes, like, like you were saying, like self confidence issues. Uh-huh. And it spirals into like toxic relationships. And then, like, you just believe what everyone says about you around you. And it's not even true. And then you wake up one day and you're like extremely unhappy and you can't even figure out why. And most of it, though, does stem from living life the way that other people either expected you to live it or pushed you to live it or, you know, conditioned your mind into living it. You really have to uncover all of that conditioning and unlearning and then, like, rediscover who you really want to be and a good exercise that I like to do is you know list out family list out siblings list out friends list out society write out all the beliefs of those around you and then mm. go through it and be like do I'm I believe steal this? this do I believe <laughs> this no I don't so cross that one off and like figure out which ones you know you you do relate to and which ones you may have that you're ready to let go of hmm. I think a big one being like a female I think I think a lot of people could relate to this but even with men I feel like in the last five to ten years I feel like it's gotten worse for guys as well as like this perception of devaluing your body like hating the way that you physically look to a point uh, exteriorly to a point where like you're no longer appreciating like your body and what it does for you on a daily basis like it does so much like I have a friend of my husband's who was like we were talking and he was like talking about how he was like fat and chubby as a child and then we were trying to like compliment him now about like how he looks really strong and like skinny because he's been you know really reinforcing like riding his bicycle and he really enjoys that and he took that as like he immediately like his self-talk was just like oh yeah like I'm too skinny I'm gross and I'm like what is wrong with you like you need to go read a book about inner self like negative inner self-talk and stop talking to yourself this way like everything you're saying about yourself is like the way that you physically appear is negative when like you're you're physically doing all the things that bring you joy why do you think that your body doesn't deserve to be appreciated yeah and it it's just because you don't look like like comparison Yeah, it's like we do the comparison game or like society's telling us what the beauty standard is. But 
again, that's all conditioning. And if you think about it, then you see people who are getting like work done and things like that. And then so then you think that like, maybe that's what I have to do. I have to get work done in order to love my body. But a lot of the times cosmetic stuff, the people who are getting work done most of the time are, you know, people who are in the spotlight all the time. And it's mm-hmm. because they're getting criticized that they feel like they need to get that work done because they don't just you're not just born being like, oh, I want to get like a nose job or, oh, I want bigger boobs or, oh, I want a bigger butt. Like you're not just born thinking those things. It's a conditioned mindset that you pick up through society, through seeing people in the spotlight who get these things done because they never felt good enough in the spotlight because people are constantly picking them apart. So then I think they're projecting that onto you. And then you start those people like not even saying that that's what they do not to drag them through the mud but like because people love to but like the kardashians you can't tell me that y'all haven't done any cosmetic under the knife surgeries to make your bodies look the way that they do that is not a hundred percent god given and it's not a hundred percent gym given like i think a lot of people know that by now with them luckily but it's still like so damaging that their narrative is i go to the gym and i eat healthy don't tell that to young females because young females are literally going to think that's all that you're doing and then when they go home and they do that every day seven days a week or something crazy because that's what you do they go home and hate themselves but again this goes along with authenticity and defining your own narrative of like are you working out because you want to look a certain way or are you working out the fear it's right? the fear. Your or fear. Do, you, do you work out and eat healthy because it makes you feel good exactly. inside your body and, and that's, mentally? That's what we have to really kind of get to a point where it's like we're making our choices not out of fear or out of hate, but out of love and out of, you know, those feel good emotions because we want to do it because we enjoy doing it, not because we have to because we're fearful that if we don't we're gonna get fat or we're fearful we're gonna be ugly if we don't or whatever else or people are gonna criticize us because like and that's another thing if you're doing something to your body well why are you doing it are you doing it because people are telling you that you're not like good enough otherwise or are you fearful if you don't get it done you're not good enough you're not good enough Yeah. yeah or do you really find joy in that i mean you know at the end of the day it's really all about the feeling behind your actions when it comes to authenticity mm-hmm. you want to do it from a place of where you're acting out of love compassion and joy and that's what's going to get you off of that survival mode as well in my opinion is when you let go of doing things based out of fear or fearing yourself into doing things. Mm. Making making like proclamations or obligations out of the things that you do. Like, are you doing this like obligatory wise or are you doing it because it like actually brings you joy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big misconception with working out probably within I think like the last 10 or 15 years is like people are just doing it because it's like the thing to do. But really, like, my biggest recommendation is if you're working out or you're not working out and, like, you can't bring yourself to get there, it's really therapeutic for anxiety, for your mental health, and, like, finding something that you enjoy doing Mm -hmm. instead of just, like, doing it to do it. But, like, I can't explain, like, the benefits because, like, when I, I mean, I've, I've told you before, I've, like, almost had, like, an anxiety attack. And then I've like gone to the gym because I was so stressed out. And then I left and I felt this incredible release of like, I don't feel 
so anxious anymore. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It must have to do with the neurochemical releases, but... And it gets, like, a lot within you. Your energy within is moving around as you move your body. Like, I would say when it comes to the whole working out mentality, too. So here's another thing that I struggle with is that it's so easy to see people who are projecting, like, a healthy lifestyle and thinking that that's the exact lifestyle you need to be doing as well in order to be healthy. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we all have our own unique ways of creating health stability in our own lives and what works for one oh, person defining it for work. yourself yeah yeah like maybe for like you for example working out could be like going to the gym and doing the um I'm not sure what you do at the gym because I've never seen it <laughs> we live far away from each other so if yeah. you want to like whatever it is for you, but maybe for someone else, working out is getting up and like just dancing in your room and mm-hmm. shaking out the energy or walking down the street. There's so another, many ways to move your body. I think another thing is like, I was talking to someone recently who was like, that I know who has like a following online and they were like concerned that like, because they have like a different viewpoint now when than when they like initially started their like online journey that like people were going to criticize them like you have the right to shift Mm. so I think that applies to health wellness like first of all you don't need to follow one particular style that is portrayed to you as successful online Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things and you have to just kind of like take different snippets and see how it feels with your body and that includes yeah. like food and working out. But like also I could say, I mean, you're very acclimated to my life, but um, my own like physical journey of like working out and getting healthy because I used to be like very overweight and very unhealthy has been different. Like when I first started, when I very first started working out, it was like, because I was concerned about my physical health, I was like 200 pounds. And I was just like, this is a really slippery slope. I know it's not going to be good. Like I'm going to start having heart problems. I'm going to start having diabetes. So it came from like a medical, it was almost fear driven. Yeah. And if you think about it, it was um, like a medical also, fear-driven. yeah, but it was also like, I felt really ugly. And it also kind of triggered that, like, what is my self-worth and Mm -hmm. my whole self-worth journey? Because I wasn't loving myself. I was actually hating myself through food and the relationship I had with food and exercise. And when I started that journey, I was like, no, like I'm valuable. Like I have value. So I need to fuel my body with food that makes me feel good and do things that help like my mental health. So it can come from a good place. You, like you said, you have to just be very honest with yourself Mm -hmm. about the truth and the intention What's the intention behind what you're doing? And then allowing yourself, I think my fitness journey has gone from like, I started doing Zumba and kind of stuff to like, then I went on like a running, walking journey where like I got really, really thin. And then I decided I wanted to get like bulked up and I wanted to like lift really heavy. And I did that and that was awesome. And it felt really good. And then I got hurt. And since I got hurt, I've never actually fully found anything that's like, brought me that same consistency is when I used to lift heavy weights but like recently I decided you know I've never had core strength and one of the best things for lifting weights is is having a strong core if you don't have a strong core that's how you get injured with all your other weight lifting and so I started doing Pilates and I actually really enjoyed that that whole concept of like breath work and being very present with how your whole body is moving while you're breathing it's 
Mm. It's very similar, I would say, to like yoga that I've done. Okay. A lot of like breath work and, and paying very close attention to how your body is moving. And it, it brings that connection that you could have with mind and body. So it just allowing yourself to transform. Yes, exactly. You're allowed to be authentic to yourself and your authenticity is allowed to go through seasons of change. You don't have to be one rigid thing your whole life. Exactly. It's like we try to put ourselves in these boxes, but yeah, giving yourself the space to change because we're constantly growing. And as we grow, we're constantly discovering new parts of ourselves, which then leads to, you know, shifting. And that's another mm-hmm. thing. People are sometimes afraid to change or afraid to shift because they're afraid that that, that means like their failures or whatever mm-hmm. else, but that's not necessarily perceptions of others. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. it's all just like letting go of that mentality and just truly flowing through life because I, again, it's like deciphering between your intuition and your ego. Mm-hmm. those like what feels good in terms in that of like moment. how your body and soul is like actually functioning and and we don't mean like eating a whole bag of Doritos or wow. like cheating on your spouse in the moment because it feels good that's not what we're talking about no, we're no, talking no. about like eating an apple versus eating like a giant slice of chocolate cake and physically feeling like how you like getting so in touch with your body that you can feel how your body is literally like digesting that food and some people and like mean, they're like, going to eat the chocolate cake and yeah. they're going to feel great about it and that's okay and you can like go on that discovery too of like well maybe it's not the chocolate cake maybe it's the ingredients in the chocolate cake yeah. and you start like messing with like the oils and that kind of stuff so it and then it's, it doesn't need to be rigid like, because i feel like too a lot of people can easily fall into having a fearful fear-based relationship with food being afraid to eat the chocolate cake oh yeah i've seen that so like there's this whole oh, i have such a hard time with this i have such a hard time with the concept online of macro counting now because oh, people yeah. go buck wild with that i don't know if you're familiar with that it's like your fats versus your proteins versus your carbs yeah, and like what your plate being... looks like and it's like yeah. oh my god if i don't eat this specific amount of macros like I'm gonna eat too much fat and too many carbs and then like I'm not gonna have enough muscle tone and it's like it's a very restrictive mentality on diet the um book that I bought like a year ago when we went to Salem oh I guess it was over a year ago for your birthday there is a book called The Gradual Awakening. It's by Stephen Levine. It's a really good book. There's like some quotes in here I wanted to share with like the listeners. Oh, yes. I read this. I read one of the chapters the other day. It's literally like a page. But one of the quotes I thought was really powerful talks about like watching from your heart Mm. instead of your mind. And one of the paragraphs reads, we're used to trying to control the world with our mind, to control ourselves with our mind, but we can't control ourselves with our mind and still be whole. And then it continues. Who has ever beat the mind with the mind? We just get afraid and angry inside. We've suppressed ourselves. We've suppressed showing that we're afraid or lonely, but that doesn't make loneliness go away. That just makes the pain remain hidden and not so accessible to our letting go. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I just like, this book is, I mean, I remember finding it that little like, it's not actually witchy, but like it's Salem. So, you know, you call everything witchy. It was in that little witchy store where you found like this worthiness journal for me. And I just remember reading the back of it and being like, wow, this sounds really amazing and the book is like so chocked full with like so many good like mindful things that just make your brain 
like the wheels in your brain turn that I literally like read a few sentences and have to put the book down because I'm like what did that what did he mean by that what does that mean for me yeah like makes you ponder what does that look like in my own life yeah you're like wow this is just like very eye-opening I think I got to chapter 15 and there's 30 chapters it's technically a book about vimpasma I'm probably not vipassanan I'm probably not saying that right meditation so like by the end of the book you're working on like actual meditation but like the beginning of the book I can't even finish getting through it because it's so good I love that now I'm like wanting to do book definition right now just for the sake of it for one second I did this the other day on my pick a card that I recorded and essentially I'm just going to ask spirit for a message that our listeners and us need to hear right now and Mm. I'm gonna see what it lands on so it's just gonna be random your life is a canvas In many ways, our overly capitalistic society has led us to believe that we must consume, not create. We've forgotten that we're all artists and that this life, our life, is the canvas upon which we create. We've been taught that creativity is something that exists only within some people, a rare gift, a certain specialness. But creativity isn't limited to some of us. It's within each and every one of us. And that means it's within you too. Creativity and intuition come from the same place. And that place is where the soul resides. Earth is a planet of manifestation, a place where we came to create. What kind of world do you want to create for those who will come after you? What are you being called to create with this earth? It's never too late to start and no experience is required. All you need is an open heart and mind and consistent daily action. The reason why people don't trust their creativity is twofold. Firstly, many experienced a shutting down of their natural creativity at some stage during their childhood. A mean or thoughtless comment right, from a teacher, parent, sibling, or peer created a uh, severing from one of the most natural things in the world, our ability to create. Secondly, and that comes with like the journey of radical self-acceptance. Yeah. Like if you're going through Isn't that. Isn't it funny that I landed on this like, page and it ties right into what we're talking about? It's actually incredible. Secondly, <laughs> many of us spend too much time thinking and not enough time taking grounded action. In the years mm-hmm. I spent working as a creative and creative director and then in my workshops, I saw it over and over again. People who were overwhelmed by too many ideas and worried that if they didn't have the right idea or feeling, they had to wait to see the step-by-step detailed plan. Oh my gosh, I know so many people like that. Including yeah, myself. it's like you're too identified with your mind yeah. and not enough with like your actual it's like, like presence and heart. It creates procrastination because there's some sort of fear about making the wrong choice. Mm. Instead of just it's going so after it, you're fearful of, am I making the right choice? If I take this action, what are people going to think? Or am I going to fail? Or is it going to be a waste of my time? And then it says there are books and songs, inventions and innovations, sculptures and world-changing ideas that are waiting to be ushered onto this planet. Solutions to problems that we don't have time to wait to fix. As creatives, we must stay in the wonder and the trust, live in the adventure and the uncertainty, dive into the flow of life, and trust that the next step will be revealed at just the right time. If you Mm -hmm. have an idea or a creation that's beckoning to be born into this world, be sure to properly seed it into the earth (laughs) with grounded daily action. Keep showing up to your creations and your craft each and every day. If you do that, what you're being called to create will take root, bud, bloom, and fruit. And if you allow yourself to rest, come winter, your creations will be born again each and every spring. Trust that you'll be led, and eventually you really will trust that you'll be led. 
So what are you being called to create? And this is Letters to a Star Seed by Rebecca Campbell. And I love that book. Oh, I remember you buying that book. Yeah, she she has uh, awesome Oracle decks that I use as well. But that ties into exactly kind of another thing I want to talk about was like, if you want to create something, because again, like she said, we're all creators. And sometimes I feel like when people hear the word creativity, they think like painting, art, like things like that. But that's not necessarily what create creating is Mm -hmm. we create every day our thoughts create our actions well our thoughts create feelings which then those feelings create actions and everything that exists was created by a thought somebody Mm -hmm. had an idea to create that I think it was really powerful too like the part that basically says it's like my like recap of what she was saying was like that if you're not in line with your intuition you're not creating and Mm -hmm. for me and the journey of like this year I think is going to bring me closer to my creativity sorry there's the cat rubbing up against the microphone of my creativity is like figuring out what exactly creative means to me and what Mm -hmm. creation means to me because like you said like a lot of the time you're like oh it's like someone's like painting or doing art or doing crafts or like those types of things and it's like they they think like that's all that creativity can be but it's so much more than that but when you're not aligned with your intuition and you're not trusting yourself and you're not authentic and very vulnerable with your own self you're not going to be able to be creative because yeah. you're not going to know what that looks like and then you start procrastinating and then you're just never taking action and I also, I find one popular question is like, how do you know what's your intuition and what's not? Mm, That is really important. Something that helps me is that I really, I find that my body is what really tells me. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when I'm, when I'm fearful, like I can feel it. Like my body will give me so many signals, not only fear, but even like anger or frustration. Like when I'm frustrated or angry, or like, I feel like judged, or I feel like somebody's trying to call me out in some way. You get that I fight or flight feel, like adrenaline yeah. dump. I feel my body getting heated, literally. Like I feel my body getting mm. hot. And then I feel my like face burning up and then I can feel like all this energy just rising to my face. And in those moments, that's when I know that my reaction or whatever is going to happen next is probably not going to be great. It's probably not going to be my best self. So I really have Mm -hmm. to like ground myself before I actually decide to take the action because then I know I'm not, you know, really acting out of an intuition kind of space. It's more so like out of fear, out of- It's a react. You're just reacting, literally. You're just fully reacting on like you're animal not that you're like I mean we're animals like you're just reacting from a place of like animal instinct at that point yeah survival almost. like a yeah exactly because that's what that is survival mode is just like your animal instinct like taking mm-hmm. over yeah that's funny I randomly just picked up a card and it says joy enjoyment life force success vitality play all about creativity I think that's the other thing that's really important like I think if you're having a hard time like with my journey of like rediscovering my intuition and you're having a hard time with it I personally started with like music and I've always really enjoyed listening to music and that's always had a creative aspect for me So when you start trying to be intuitive with like yourself and your body, I used music as a way to to be like playful. And then the playful brings in that intuition of like reconnecting with your body Mm -hmm. and reconnecting with your childlike mentality. And then all of that kind of helps you become grounded in like that framework that's very childlike where you're not judging yourself anymore. You're just 
observing. You're basically like an internal observer of yourself and you can start to recognize like, okay, like this feeling, I have feelings of anger when people do this. Like I had someone the other day at work who's like probably ultimately younger than me in age, who has like a smidge more nursing experience than me, who's like slightly further ahead than I am, but not very far, doesn't have a lot of experience. And we do this thing called like report where like they tell you like everything that happened on the shift before with the patient and then like, you know, any updates from like the doctors or whatever. We have to do something in the ICU called like signing off on the drips. So basically like certain medications you have to like, especially controlled ones, you have to like look at all of the pumps and make sure that the rate and the flow and the actual medication that is going matches the computer. And then you like literally sign off on it. Like you sign your name and your password. And she had like asked me to do that. And then like, I went to go look at the thing and she was like, no, 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 no. Like, come, come back, come back. Not just yet. And she like, she went like, no, no, no. And she like tapped the computer and she did it in like a very parental way. And I, that pissed me off. It made me feel like she was like belittling me. I was very annoyed. And honestly, like most of the rest of what she said, I didn't even hear because I was just trying to reground myself in the fact that like I was spiraling in this place of like she thinks I'm stupid she's treating me like I'm a child I'm pissed off now and and having an inner like battle with myself of like this is just how she operates that's how she like she's very like maybe she's just very motherly I'm not I need to not take this personal like this is just her personality very clearly like I operate in a different way like she she obviously seems a little more emotional I'm very like logical like if you tell me to go do something I'm soup like if you're like I need you to sign my drips I'm literally gonna like physically stop what we're doing now and go do it because I'm very literal she doesn't know that about me I tried to like then ground myself and be like okay I need to just chill don't get so mad don't take everything so personally this isn't about you uh once I got to that place I I got to once you can do that like you can get to an understanding of yourself and other people I love that that's a great example because yeah but it was hard it was hard for sure yeah because our first initial response is wanting to it's almost like wanting to prove ourselves to people because we think people are trying to like talk us down or question our value whatever it may be and that's when our ego starts to get triggered and then you start to feel very fiery and heated and you're ready to like react and respond but really it's all about you know finding that grounded energy within yourself to look at it from the perspective of okay like she like Courtney was saying, she doesn't know how I operate. I'm still learning how she operates. I don't need to take this personally. Let me take a step back before I react and take the time to reflect before I respond kind of thing. So I guess we could end this off by giving one tip that we have for those listening when it comes to, you know, listening to your intuition and following your authenticity. So My biggest tip would be what I think holds a lot of us back from actually going after what we want and following our authenticity is the fear of judgment. And so what I would say is our ego is always going after what's familiar, what's comfortable. That's what it thrives in. So as soon as you try to go after something that isn't familiar, that is uncomfortable, your ego is going to fear you into not going after it or taking that step. It's going to tell you why it could potentially be dangerous or what could potentially go wrong. So it's really all about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and doing things that, you know, yeah, you may feel embarrassed about. Get comfortable with getting embarrassed because that held me back for a really long time. 
being afraid to speak up because I didn't want to embarrass myself or say the wrong thing or have people make fun of me when I started my blog. But sometimes you just have to put yourself in embarrassing situations so that you can get comfortable with feeling embarrassing or feeling embarrassed and before you know it, that's a normal feeling that you are so fearlessly going after those goals because you no longer care about what other people think of you. It's all a projection really of, like you know, their own belief system anyway. So right. taking it personally is just detrimental to, you know, you living in your purpose. Right. I think that's really powerful because there's so many perceptions and notions and opinions like externally that we can encounter and you're just like, taking them all in and like over time I think we just get conditioned to putting more value on those than like I said before like what's important to us and Mm -hmm. defining like what the value is to ourselves that's actually really good advice I think mine would be if you're struggling to find creative space and connect with your intuition start allowing yourself to be more childlike and playful without that like you said like inner self-judgment just kind of like enjoying dancing around the house or making goofy jokes or you know just like doing that with yourself until you feel like you reach a place where you can be vulnerable maybe to do it with other people and like people who will protect your energy when you're like that but that's like the best place that you can start because getting playful and getting comfortable being playful with like yourself is going to reconnect you with that childlike mentality and it's going to open up a door to a lot of things your intuition rediscovering where your narrative comes from finding out what childhood traumas are like molding you and even causing you like self-limitations uh, and so it'll be a, a big journey, but it, you can start with something small like that. Absolutely. And that even like you were saying, it can also heal your inner child in the process because sometimes some of us have, we grew up too fast that we didn't get to really experience childhood as to the fullest, poten- like potentially, because even I reflect on my childhood and anytime I was having fun or playing, I was being too loud and I was told to calm down and I was told to like stop making so much noise. That starts to make me feel like I can't have fun or I can't just like let my creativity out and be unleashed because it was bothering those around me. So right, yeah, that can be really healing for your inner child to just start doing childlike things more. Like you said, mm-hmm. I love that. Beautiful advice. So on that note, I think that ends today's episode, but we will be back again as always. And we appreciate you all for listening, tuning in. Feel free to reach out to us. Let us know if you found this episode helpful, share it with friends and let us know what you would like to hear more of. What topics would you like us to talk about? We're always open to ideas from you all, but yeah, thank you again. And until next time. (music) Thank <music> you.